and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by the Daily Record Associate Sports Editor, David McCarthy. Welcome, David. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks. Good to be here. We are going to be talking about Aberdeen against Rangers, a 2-2 draw after Rangers went two goals in front last night, Davey. Now, we're going to go into a bit of the detail uh, in terms of the key moments of the match, but let's start with your overall impressions because this had the feeling last night of a key moment in the title race, didn't it? I think when um, when news came through very near the end of the Rangers game that Hamilton had equalised, there was a definite feeling that Rangers have dodged a bullet there because Rangers had basically blown what should have been a comfortable win. Um, they were terrific for 35, 40 minutes, absolutely terrific. Should have been more than two in front. Got pegged back. I'm sure you'll want to talk about a lot about that later on. Uh, got pegged back. Could actually have lost the game had Cosgrove not um, missed an absolute sitter. Um, but then you hear that Celtic have um, been pegged back in the last minute of Hamilton. You're thinking, well, you know, two each at Aberdeen's actually not that bad if Celtic have dropped points at Parkhead against Hamilton. Of course, Celtic then get the winning goal and um, move ahead in the title race. So... I think it was a, well in the face of it, a 2-2 draw at Aberdeen's not an absolute disaster. It actually felt like a defeat last night, just simply with the, the way the circumstances had, uh, the way it panned out. Had Aberdeen been 2-0 up and Rangers clawed it back to 2 each, you've got a completely different mindset on it. You're thinking great fighting qualities, great spirit, never say die mentality the whole bit. But because Rangers were so far ahead and get pegged back, I think it did. They'll, they'll have gone down the road last night or this morning feeling absolutely as if that was a defeat. One of the things that Stephen Gerrard will have to do is to pick the guys up. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the memories that I have of a game where Rangers drew when they should have won was against, uh, I think it was Dundee at Dens Park in 2002-2003. Barry right. Ferguson missed two penalties. That's right. Afterwards, Alex McLeish came out and said, listen, this is not two points dropped, it's a point gained mm-hmm. because this game was just so difficult. There was so much going on. There were so many things that went against us. This could be the point that wins us the title. And he completely turned it on its head, yeah. the mentality around it. Is that the sort of thing Gerard's going to have to do, do here? I think... I think if it's sensible, he will do that because you never know. It could be the point that could be the point. This title race could go to the last game of the season. It could be won by one of the teams by a point. It could be won in goal difference. Um, I do think that there is so, so little between the teams and generally they are battering everybody else. I know that didn't happen last night and uh, you know Rangers nor Celtic battered the opposition last night, but in general terms, that's exactly what they're doing. So, you know, ultimately we'll, we'll know come the middle of May whether that was a great point or whether it was two points dropped. Let's have a look at the individual moments. The first goal for Rangers, they started the game well. They were pressing high up the pitch against Aberdeen. They were causing all sorts of problems. Joe Aribo gets the ball, lays in James Tavernier. Great cross. Scott Arfield puts it in the, in the net. Great finish. Aberdeen's defending is not great. There's no one near Arfield when uh-huh. he pops it in. But still, it's an example of uh, Rangers at their best when they're slick, quick passing yep. play. Yep. I think that Gerard said a few weeks ago that he needed someone else to take some of the burden off Morelos. I mean, obviously Defoe come on and score a goal, um, but generally when Morelos is on the park, it seemed to be that if he wasn't scoring, nobody was scoring. They are now beginning to respond to that a wee bit. Obviously Ryan Jack, you'll come to him later on. He scored an goal last night, but um, you know, but he also has pitched in with a couple at Ross County. They need to get Aribo scoring goals. They need to get. Arfield scoring more goals. I think that was only his third of the season, Scott Arfield. Um, you know, these guys do need to pitch in, but um, but there was definitely an attacking intent there in the first 35, 40 minutes last night that um, Aberdeen couldn't live with. And it was the midfielders getting into positions to, to give Morelos a hand if he's no scoring the goals. 
Yeah, and the second came, uh, obviously, in that period. Ryan Kent played in uh, Ryan Jack. Mm-hmm. A wee interchange with Morelos. Back to Kent, and then uh, Morelos takes a shot. Jack follows it up. It's another example of Ryan Jack becoming that more box-to-box Absolutely. midfielder, getting involved in attacking play. But at that point, Davey, the key thing was... We were all looking at each other at the desk last night saying, how many is this going to be? Yeah. Aberdeen are all over the place. Rangers are in top form. You were never thinking at that point that this game could possibly no. uh, go the, the way it did. So, so I suppose the question is, at that point, what happened? Where, where did it go wrong? I think that the goal that Aberdeen scored came so out of the blue that it absolutely came as a shock to the system, to everybody. And between sco- uh, losing the goal however many minutes, five minutes to go before half-time, yeah. whatever it was. Um, you know, I think the Rangers were rattled, but I also thought, right, half-time will come at a good time here. Gerard will get back in about them and uh, at half-time. And, and to be fair to him, there has been a number of occasions this season where in the first half in games, Rangers haven't really been at it, but he's said or done something, or Michael Beale has said or done something at half-time that has created a response. A perfect example in Rotterdam last week. Um you know, and they've they've come out, they've reset themselves and come out and just, uh, you know, played far, far better. And I was really confident that that would happen. But Aberdeen came out the blocks, um, all guns all guns blazing, um, you know, used their kind of physical attributes. But at the same time, you know, the, the you look at the second goal that Rangers lost and it's laziness for Ryan, uh, Ryan Kent. It allows the player to run off the back of him. It was just so easy uh, for the cross to come in. And, you know, if you look at it back, you know, you think we know that Ryan Kent's attributes are at the other end of the party. You want him to be operating 80 yards further up the pitch and doing what he does, and he's terrific at it. But that, to me, was the goal. It, it was a goal that could so easily have been avoided. It was so simple, it was unbelievable. There were so many mistakes around uh, that one goal. I mean, I've watched it four or five times uh, just before we came on, and uh, you've got John Flanagan tries yeah. to clear the ball. He's not under a lot of pressure. Gerard yeah. talked about it after the game, yeah. and he freshier swipes it, and then he's mm-hmm. actually, he's probably got a chance to go and get the ball, mm-hmm. but he's he's not the quickest, no. and he lets it run out, and then it's from that throw, and as you say, Ryan Kent's lets him, uh, Lewis yeah. Ferguson run off him. Mm-hmm. The ball comes in, Connor Goldson, I think, has got some culpability because mm-hmm. he's got in the arms and he's got his arms in the air. He's saying he's been fouled. And listen, it could have been a foul on another day, yeah. but at the same time, he doesn't continue on with play. He doesn't play to the whistle, which right. is one of the things you're taught as a schoolboy. Halander right. um, does okay because he gets the block in on uh, Cosgrove, yeah. but the ball rebounds, right. falls right in front of Andy Considine. But mm. there's at least three or four errors in there. Stephen Gerrard will be tearing his hair out, won't he? I th- Absolutely, because if Rangers had got over that, um, you know, the first 10 minutes of the second half, still 2-1 in front, you would have expected them then to have kind of reasserted their authority in the game. And and although, you know, Cosgrove had one big chance after that, really, um, there wasn't an awful lot in the game after that. I mean, the other end of the pitch, you know, Morello should have a penalty. There's absolutely no question. Yeah. It's inside the box. Bad, bad mistake that by John Beaton. Um, you know, and so... They could still have quite easily have escaped there with a 3-2 and just went, oh, well, you know, that that was a crazy, like, 15-20 minute spell either side of half-time, but but they got away with it. It didn't pan out that way. You come off the pitch, you're two points behind, but it is still only two points behind. And see, to be honest with you, I think, Johnny, that had you offered Gerard that at the start of the season, 31 games played, two defeats, you'd have bitten your hand off. Yeah, absolutely. You know? That's the big picture, I suppose. I just wanted to touch on the defending 
for a little bit longer, Davey, with regards to the way Rangers look at set place. Because mm-hmm. they've got a big strapping lad in there, Hollander, who's dominant in there. He's really, really good mm-hmm. in there. And Connor Goldson is a big lad who probably should be a bit better than he actually is sometimes in there. But I've noticed that Rangers seem a little shaky. We saw that again last night. And I think the, the Cosgrove chance you mentioned perfectly mm-hmm. illustrates it. They've got this mix between man marking and zonal marking that they do. Don't really quite understand how they, they do that on the training ground, but... They had John Flanagan man marking Sam Cosgrove, yeah, who's at least three or four inches yeah, bigger than him. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't understand that. Um, it would be fascinating to know what the rationale behind that is um, because, to me, I know that Aberdeen have got Ash Taylor, they've got the big boy McKenna at set pieces, uh, Considine as well, and Cosgrove. So they've got four, they've got four man mountains. Um, yeah. Even, like, Lewis Ferguson's not a slouch. Oh, no. You know, um, he's big guys scored a goal against Rangers in the, the semi-final last season with, with a header. Um, so they'll maybe get five in there. So perhaps it was a case of that, yeah, you know, that they've decided in advance who's picking up who and they simply didn't have five players with the physical stature of the five Aberdeen players. So yeah. therefore, so Flanagan's the unlucky one that's been asked to look after Cosgrove. I don't know. Um, it did seem a bit odd that their main threat was trying to be looked after by uh, Flanagan, who may have many attributes, but he's no great in the air. Aye. I, I, I would have thought that Sam Cosgrove, given his size and stature, would be, as you say, the number one guy. Yeah. So you put Hollander on him, because yeah. Hollander's yeah. your best header yeah. of the ball. And even if you're not winning the ball, you're you're having enough of a physical challenge on him to make sure he's not getting a clean header in. You know? Yeah, and um, it was an incredible miss, wasn't it? I mean, you're talking, what, two yards out? Aye, aye, it was. For a guy that scores as many goals as he does, um, I um, Rangers definitely dodged a bullet with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, we've kind of touched on the, the situation with Celtic across the way, Davey. Um, before we came on air, I, I talked about the the cliche that, that every pundit who talks about this will bring up, this idea of, of, of mentality. So rather than going down that road, because everybody else will be talking about mm-hmm. that, I suppose the question that I have for you is, how do Rangers build that? How, how do you gain that in a team? Steven Gerrard's got that. He's mm-hmm. had it throughout his career. So how does he put that into these players who have gone through so many ups and downs over the Rangers' career without actually gaining any silverware? Someone like James Tavernier, for example, how do you make him a winner? I think that it purely comes down to putting yourself into the situation often enough. You know, the Celtic players, you look at them, you know, Scott Brown, not the, he's not the greatest player that's ever lived. But I'll tell you, his influence on that team is utterly astonishing. He, I don't look around that Rangers team and see anybody that has got that kind of influence over the rest of the team. Yeah. It doesn't need to be Tavernier. I know Tavernier's a captain, but, but I don't see any... But I look around the rest of Scottish football and there isn't another guy in Scottish football that has as much of an influence on his team as Scott Brown does. They lose a goal in the 90th minute last night. He's the guy that goes and makes a difference. Um, I don't know whether you can... I don't know whether, whether you're just born with that or you're not, but what I do think is that the more often you put yourself into the position and you get a bit of success, and I think that's why the likes of Celtic way, you know, your Forrest and McGregor's, people like that, that have now, you know, that, that they've had seven, eight years, maybe McGregor maybe not so much, but uh, Forrest and Brown, for instance, seven or eight years of... You know, unparalleled success. Every time they go to Hamden, big game, they believe that they're going to win. 
you know. Rain. More often than not, they do. And more often than not, they do. Exactly. And the more that they win, the more the belief grows. So it's a kind of self-perpetuating thing. And I do think that, I think you've got to remember as well that where Rangers were 18 months ago, you know, um, Gerard said a season and a half at it. Celtic have been winning things now since 2012, right? They've just been, I think, 17, 17 trophies, yeah. you know. Um, Rangers are coming from an awful long way back. They've clawed back an awful lot of ground. They have come through some severe tests. I, you know, this stuff about mentality and all that. Occasionally, when something like that happens last night, that's a stick with which they get battered. But, you know, you've seen them in some real, real hostile European arenas. Yeah. And they've come through. They've come through those challenges unscathed. You know, um, I think that's why the biggest disappointment was obviously in in Bern, where if they had had a chance, if, sorry, they, they should have seen that out. Um, instead, at two each, they've gone to try and uh, was it two each, three? Each? It was one, one, one. It was uh, one, one, right? Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah, that's yeah. right. And they've the Rangers have gone for the winner. Yeah. But you saw in Rotterdam how they learned from that. Yeah. You know, at two each. They've thought to themselves, right, that's not the worst result in the world. And for the last three or four minutes, all they did was keep the ball in that corner and basically didn't give up another chance to uh, to, to Feyenoord. So I think that they're learning and they're progressing all the time. I think that last season you saw at Ibrox the way that Scott Arfield dominated Scott Brown. That's the first time in a long time I've seen Scott Brown being dominated in an old firm game like that, um, which made it kind of surprising very surprising that in the first Old Firm game of this season Rangers were so passive because that to me should be the template it's got to be the template against Celtic you've just got to be in their faces you've got to try and shove them off their stride because if you let them dominate they've got players that will just grow and grow and grow in confidence and you know it'll be interesting to see how Gerard goes about it on Sunday but um I think he's got to be thinking we need to match fire by fire uh, we've yeah. got to we've got to be in the front foot it's going to be a fascinating tactical encounter because I genuinely believe that, that Gerard was completely spooked by the way Lennon set up. Mm-hmm. Lennon sat back in that traditional deep-lying defence and said, you have the ball all you want in, yeah. in areas where you can't hurt us Aye. and we'll hit you with the pace on the counter-attack mm-hmm. that we have. We've got Odds and Edward who can unlock any door at this yeah. level and uh, we'll take our chances, thank you very much. And I think Gerard, so used to playing against Brendan Rodgers' mm-hmm. style of Celtic, even when Lennon took over, mm-hmm. that he was expecting much more of a, a traditional Celtic approach to the game. Yeah. And when they came with this sort of passive uh, counter-attacking s- style, Gerard had set them up to control the midfield. I think, yeah, I don't know if you saw, but there was a picture of the Ibrox tactics board that was taken after the game. <laughs> I never saw that. Um, and he had a, a, a midfield five and, and he drew a, a line, a big circle round the midfield five and he said, control the ball, control the game. And this was written on the tactics right. board. I think they, they left it up and uh, when someone was doing a tour of Ibrox, I'll that was still on the dressing gown, take a picture okay. on it, it turned up yeah. on, uh, on, on Twitter. So I think he was expecting a similar kind of game where it was a midfield battle, yep. a passing battle, and uh, whoever dominated the ball would, would take the game. So it'll be interesting to see for me how Neil Lennon approaches this one. Mm-hmm. Will he be more on the front foot or will he say, you know what, that worked perfectly for us last time. Yeah. don't really think Rangers have the the ability to change their game so much that, that uh, mm-hmm. they can actually come out and try a different way. But I think you're absolutely right. He will have to go up, press high, blood and thunder. It can't be another meek 
2-0 defeat without no, a glove lead. No. If that happens, he'll be under no. serious pressure. Yeah, there's been too many semi-finals like that in recent years against Celtic, you know, when you know Kenny McDowell managed them. And uh, I think that, that that game might have only been 1-0, but Celtic... 2-0, but it was a nothing game. Aye, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, really, you know, Rangers never laid a glove on them. Yeah. Um, you know, Marty... Um, Graham Murty took them there, lost four 0 That was the game, obviously, with Lee Wallace and Kenny Miller effectively ended their Ibrox careers without them kicking a ball that day. Yeah. Um, there have been too many semi-finals like that. I think the Rangers supporters will want their team to go out in the front foot and basically ask the question, ask a question of Celtic, um, because Celtic's strength lies middle to front. Their their defence, it's not brilliant. I don't think if somebody asks questions of it. Um, similarly, you know, Rangers are in exactly the same boat. You know, um, well, I think if Barisic plays, um, be a huge thing because his delivery into the box last night was so badly missed because that's no Flanagan's game. No. You know, I mean, Flanagan has to constantly cut in his right foot and all that. Um, but you know, Barisic is actually developing an absolutely key player for Rangers, despite you know six months ago everybody thinking about the door. Uh, absolutely, and, and we know that Barisic will play if he's fit. Yeah, but I think the question that comes from last night would be: Do you play John Flanagan or do you play Andy Halliday? Personally, based on what I saw last night you and based Halliday. on what I've seen Halliday do against Celtic in the past, and yeah. we know that his love for the club and his desire and his mentality are such that. He won't let anyone down. No. I, I would go with Halliday because mm-hmm. Flanagan looked to me like a player who hasn't played much football. Aye. The problem is neither's Andy Halliday. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Andy Halliday has been on the bench just about every game and yeah. not getting on for probably about two months. Um, you know, I actually went and saw the, uh, the Rangers Colts against Wrexham in uh, the Challenge Cup and Flanagan played in that game at least to get 90 minutes. And, uh, you know, so he had something under his belt. Andy Halliday hasn't, as far as I'm aware, Unless he did he play against Leicester in the bounce game, but it's not the same stuff. Yeah. It's not the same. Um, but I do think that Halliday knows what it's all about. I'm not saying Flanagan doesn't, and I, I would tend to agree with you. But um, I actually think it's, it's crucial for Rangers' chances that Barisic plays because not only is he quick enough to deal with Forrest if Forrest is playing on the right hand side, um, but he can actually push push them back and and if. Celtic go with the young lad Frimpong who's looked excellent he's never been tested defensively we don't know how good he is defensively um, I think Celtic missing El Hamid is a big miss for them because I think he's a very solid right back um, not as flamboyant as Frimpong but I do think that, that Rangers could test Frimpong going backwards if Barisic is playing because clearly and you've touched on it all the time it's just that Rangers play with Kent and Arrow to allow Barisic to go on the outside and I do think it's uh, I do think that that's an area where Rangers can really exploit Celtic Yeah and I think Ryan Kent's going to be key to that because as you say if Ryan Kent's won over that means one of the centre halves has potentially got to yep. come out and deal with Kent and that's mm-hmm. why Kent caused so much problem mm-hmm. uh, against uh, Celtic at Parkhead in the sure. last game but I think he was absolutely superb He was it's a question of, is he going to be at the top of his game? Because he absolutely needs to be. If Rangers are going to get anything out of this game for mm-hmm. me, Morelos and Kent are the two main men. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they can find it within themselves to damage Celtic? Because it's, 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 it's been a while in terms of Morelos since he really felt like he was laying a glove on Celtic. No, I, I think there's an argument that, that he, he's never really laid a glove on Celtic. Um, he's playing so well just now, though, that if, if he doesn't do it this time, he'll never do it. Um, you know, I think that he's 
his his all round game. It's not just his it's not just his finishing. And yeah, you know, he's still guilty of rashness inside the box as well. You know, he still misses chances as well. But the fact is that he gets so many chances and and I keep going back to it. But you know, the last three or four that he scored, the, the headers, they're all coming in for the left hand side, you know, he's whether it's Barisic or somebody else needs to be providing that kind of service. But um I th- I think he, I think that he'll be key to Rangers, obviously, as will Kent. But I think I think they'll need everybody at it. I don't yeah. think that they can have any passengers at all. You know, I think Stephen Davis needs to dictate from uh, deep. You need to get, you know, Ryan Jack being Stephen Gerrard for the day, the number eight, box <laughs> to box. It's, it's a big ask, but he's playing terrific. He's, he's in the form of his life, you know. So um, there's no reason why um, he can't have a good game as well. I actually think it'll be a really open game. I think that. I think there'll be goals both teams, simply because both teams are better middle to front than they are at keeping the ball at the net. Well, I think that's right, and all the big questions are, are around the defence. Is there an argument, again, I've talked about Flanagan uh, potentially dropping out. Is there an argument that Hellander or maybe even Goldson should come out for this game, given their form against Aberdeen? Personally, I, Davey, I don't think Gerard will change it. I don't either. They've been forged in the, the fires of great yeah. European away performances. Why change it now? He's uh, he's clearly decided that that's his preferred partnership. Um, I don't quite get the the love in with with Golston. I have to admit. I think you know he he's the one constant, isn't he? He plays every every game. Him and Tavernier play every game. Um, and I know that Tavernier has his critics as well, but I would have Tavernier in every game. Yeah. Um, but the Golston thing, I, I don't know. I don't think that. I think that the opposition also allow Conor Golson to build so many of the Rangers' attacks because they know he's the weakest, he's the weakest passer of the ball in the back four. Um, there's, aye, I've, I think he'll play him. I would play Katic, but I can understand why he won't play Katic because he's not played enough games. And that's maybe a problem that Gerard's created for himself because could you throw Katic in having, I know he came on for, to try and win a header in the last minute last night, uh, but generally, I don't know, is he, the last eight games maybe, last nine games, maybe yeah. even more, um, he's no played, so to throw him straight into that, but um, but I, I like my centre-half to go and attack the ball and just do what it says in the tin, and uh, he's a threat in both boxes, I actually think he's, he's, he's Rangers' best player in the air, um, but I do agree with you, I don't think that he'll change it, and I think it'll be Hillander and Golson. I've got a theory about uh, Connor Goldson, Davey, and feel free to rip into me as Scott <laughs> often does on this podcast. He's got a little bit of the Lorenzo Amoruso about him. Right? Right. I don't mean in terms of quality before I get inundated <laughs> on Twitter. Obviously, Lorenzo Amoruso is a far better player than Connor Goldson. What I mean is that when he's on it, when he's at it, when he's focused, he's good. Mm-hmm. But I think too often he allows his mind to, to wander, to drift, as we saw in that game at Ibrox at yeah. the start of the season. And he'll make a big error in big games. Mm-hmm. But I think most of the time, he's 8 out of 10. But then every 9 or 10 games, he'll have a 5. Yeah. And I think those games tend to come in bigger games. I'm thinking uh, Sparta at Moscow away, mm-hmm. Europa League last year, Celtic at the start of the season. And I think it's that concentration that sometimes lets him down. It's possible. Um, it could be that just simply, if you play every single game... Um, which he has done, uh, or just just about every single game. You know, if you're playing nearly sixty games a season, you're going to have two or three where you're not going to be quite at it. Even you, Johnny, must have two or three days out of the year at your work where you're not quite at it. No, that no, <laughs> no. Um, so, you know, but the the problem that Conor Golson's got is that 
if he makes a mistake and it leads to a goal, then, you know, I'm writing about it, you're talking about it, it's on the TV, Michael Stewart slaughtering him the whole bit, and that's just, that's the nature of the beast. Um, you're not going to get a centre-half playing in Scotland who's going to give you 8 out of 10 for 60 games a season. No. It's just not going to happen because he wouldn't be playing in Scotland. Um, so I think he's, he's reliable to a point, um, but should he be playing it every single week? I don't think so, but I don't think there's a hope or a chance in hell that he won't play at Hamden. Yeah, absolutely. He'll definitely be playing. Davey, we're going to end on a positive note because I think we've, uh, we've we've talked about some of the more difficult issues for uh-huh. Rangers facing in the Betfred Cup. Um, I was looking back at the last time Rangers won a trophy, 2011, mm-hmm. uh, beating Celtic in the League Cup final. Yeah, uh, Jelovic. They had a, a striker who was uh, banging in the goals against everyone else but hadn't scored yet against Celtic mm-hmm. and Jelovic, so there might be parallels there, I right, don't know. Right, Um Rangers were absolute rank outsiders. They'd just mm-hmm. been cuffed 3 0 at Parkhead, I think, a couple of weeks before mm-hmm. the game. Everyone is writing them off. I think uh, when we see the predictions for this game and, and, and the daily record, there, mm-hmm. the vast majority of people, I think, will be going for Celtic, I would imagine. Um, <coughs> do you think there's a sense or, or, or a possibility that this 2 2 draw with Aberdeen could actually act as a motivator, as a kick up the backside just when Rangers needed it most? to refocus them if they'd gone and won that game yes they'd be full of confidence but perhaps this just gives them that or it could give them that wee bit of an extra edge just to say right we need to get this 100% right you know it, it could do we, we simply won't know until they turn up um, I personally think that it would have been far better had they they won the game 3-2 <laughs> and then get into it with loads of confidence and, and stuff I'm like trying that. here Dave I know I'm you are, I know I know I just I no. I actually think that, that they couldn't be any more motivated or they shouldn't be any more motivated than than they're going to have to be. Um, they're going to have to be right at it. Um, the the good thing, for, great thing for a Rangers perspective is that, that they've got a right chance. And this goes back to what I was saying to you a couple of, you know, a few minutes ago, that how many times have they turned up at Hamden in the last three or four seasons and they're beaten before a ball's kicked because you just know that the golf and quality was massive, you know. I mean, Rangers, Rangers were playing with, and I know people always say no disrespect to when then they go and disrespect <laughs> them, right? Rangers had boys like Miles Beerman playing yeah. at Hamden against Celtic, you know, and you're getting cuffed, and so they're losing four nothing. Then they lose five nothing a couple of weeks later in the, in fact, it might even be in the next game in in the league. Those days have gone, you know, and they were only two years ago. They were only two and a half years ago. Rangers have now got themselves into a position where they are, if not better than Celtic, certainly as good as Celtic. Up until last night, there was one goal between them after 14 games. You know, like, so I think they've earned the right to go into this believing that they're as good as Celtic. Where they might have the difficulty is that Celtic have been over the course and distance so often at Hamden that that might just give them the edge but in my prediction in the paper, I've totally sat in the fence. I've said it's two each. It's going to be. It's going to go to penalties, and only a fool would predict how a penalty shootout is going to end. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going to predict two-one uh, Rangers in normal time because I'm going to stick with this theory mm-hmm. that it's just going to be a complete retread of the. No, actually, it was two-one in extra time, it was wasn't extra it? Time, so man. yeah, two-one-one, and then two-one in extra time. I'm, I predict a, a carbon copy of the 2011 Cup final with Alfredo Morelos getting put through by Ryan Kent, 
running through and goal, knocking mm-hmm. the ball past Fraser Foster. The ball hit off the post, trundle yeah. round and over the line. After Stephen Davis, of course, has scored the first goal. Of course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm sure the vast, vast majority of the people who's listening to this hope you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Right, well, we're going to call it a day there. Thanks very much, Davey, for joining no me. If uh, people want to get in touch and continue the debate on Twitter, what's your Twitter handle? <laughs> I don't know if I want to tell you that. <laughs> uh, actually, don't know what it is. Well, D- DR. D. D. McCarthy or something? I don't know. You'll be able to find it if you type uh, in Davy McCarthy or David uh, McCarthy and Just put in Tedder Meatballs, that'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> she will be delighted with that. Um, you can contact me at Johnny R. McFarlane. We will be back uh, next week, uh, I think probably Tuesday. We might even manage to squeeze in an extra podcast in reaction to the Betfred Cup final as well. Scott will be back then, and you can obviously uh, send in your questions for us for that one. Until next time, thanks for listening.